Hi, and welcome to the Millennial Preacher Show with Pastor Ryan Roberts. That's me, your host. I hope you're excited for today's show. I pray it's both positive and encouraging, but I also hope it challenges you in all the right ways. If you have any questions, please be sure to instant message us on our Facebook or Instagram at Ryan, the Millennial Preacher. And now let's get into today's episode. What's up, everybody? This is Pastor Ryan Roberts. Thank you so much for joining me for the first official episode of The Millennial Preacher Season 3. By the way, if you didn't listen to our introduction to the season, this season is all about the quote-unquote new normal. I believe that God is calling his church to a new normal. In fact, I don't think this new normal is really that new, but really it goes back to an ancient prophecy. Uh, It goes back to something uh, that we don't really understand. That is covenant. We have covenant uh, with God through the blood of Jesus Christ. We've had that covenant in the church for over 2,000 years now, and we have done a pretty good job of messing it up. Now, I'm not trying to place the blame all on you or even all on myself. There's been a whole lot of things that's happened here and there. There's been tragedy. There's been uh, different uh, seasons inside of the church that uh, really mess things up in many different ways. And We've had moments of great prosperity, and we've had uh, great moments of great trial and persecution, and and now we're in a world where it's very, very interesting if you consider where we're at right now in this time. Think about this. Now, I'm in America. I I, uh, have experienced Western Christianity, just as many uh, of you that are listening to me have, if not all of you. We've experienced a very prosperous nation and a very prosperous church. Meanwhile, if you go uh, not that far away to a trip to uh, certain other nations and things like that, Christianity by uh, large is still illegal. Uh, There are still unreached people groups in this world. That sounds crazy to me when we are so used to seeing a Bible on every corner. We see um, the Bible in every hotel drawer. Okay, We have seen uh, churches... Every which way we we go, you know, more than likely on your way to work today, you probably passed 10 to 15 churches. We are so used to it and we take it for granted. And yet overseas, there are people that are literally dying for their faith. And so I believe that God is calling his church, Big C, worldwide body of Christ, uh, back to our origins. We need to Dig back up some of the things that we've buried uh, in the name of uh, prosperity, quote unquote. However, with that said, I believe in prosperity. In fact, today's episode is called Blocking the Blessings. I believe that God wants to bless you. That should be good news for somebody listening. It doesn't matter uh, what type of blessing you may feel that you're in need of. God wants to bless you. But I feel that I need to uh, give an explanation of what prosperity is actually is. First of all, let me give you an English definition before I give you my own personal interpretation. And then, of course, we're going to tie everything back to God's Word. According to Webster's Dictionary, a prosperity is the condition of being successful or thriving. Now, oftentimes we think of that in terms of money. Uh, and if you're like me and you've been in charismatic Pentecostal uh, churches and services and things like that, a lot of times when we think of prosperity, we think of a big fancy watch, the diamond rings, the nice car. And I'm not trying to... Um, call anybody out. So please don't hear that. Please don't think that. I'm not putting anybody down. 
I'm not putting down a pastor, a ministry, a preacher, or a church if they have big, nice things. I'm not saying anything like that. I, But I don't want us to focus on material goods. See, prosperity, uh, by definition, does not mean money or things. It means being successful. And let me tell you, God wants you to be successful. In fact, I believe that we can prove that by going to the Word of God. He's very clear. Uh, Listen to this. In Jeremiah 29, 11, I'm reading out of the ESV as I usually do. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans of welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. In Deuteronomy 8, it says, You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is to this day. And of course, he's talking about uh, the old covenant, but that uh, has gotten even stronger and more powerful in the new covenant that we have through Jesus' blood. In Philippians, it says, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Jesus Christ. 3 John 1, 2 says, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health and it goes well with your soul. God wants us to be successful. Now, here's the thing. He doesn't want us to be successful just so we can say, oh, look at what we can do or what we've done or what we have um, or how we are so much more prosperous, quote unquote. That's not what God is saying. What he is saying is he wants you and I to be successful so that we may further his kingdom, big K kingdom, big C church, the body of Christ. He, he doesn't want us just to focus so much on our individual ministries and churches. Now, I believe that the church building should be one of the nicest buildings in town. I fully believe that. I believe it's honoring uh, to God. But Let's be honest, that building, just like the rest of the world, just like my flesh and bone body, is going to crack like glass one day and go to dust, uh, just as the Bible says, from dust to dust. It's it's not going to last forever. It's not lasting. It's not binding. And that big fancy building or big fancy items are not going to get you to heaven or anything like that. Uh, So I'm not saying that, but he wants us to be successful so that we can further his kingdom. It does no good to have nothing, okay? So we need to be able to supply our, we need to be able to have our needs uh, met so that we are able to supply the needs of his church, Big C. We are supposed to be feeding uh, the hungry. We are supposed to be clothing uh, the needy. We are supposed to be helping, and yes, in Jesus' name, praying healing for the sick. We are supposed to be doing those things. We are supposed to be spreading the gospel, not just to our own neighborhood, even though that is vital and important, but we should be spreading it to all the corners of the earth. And these things take resources, it takes money, it takes finances, yes. But what if we stopped thinking about this term prosperity as a cuss word or a dirty word? And what if we stopped thinking about it in terms of finances or material goods? What if we started thinking about prosperity uh, as a multi-use term? When I say the word prosperity, I'm not just talking about getting a big fancy car. I'm saying that God wants you and I to be successful in the way that he needs us to be 
for his own glory. For some of us, that may be prosperity in our health. For some of us, that may be prosperity in our emotions, our mental health. Uh, For some of us, that may be prosperity in ministry, not necessarily financial, but in our uh, outreach, our ability to reach many people with the gospel of Jesus. Uh, For some of us, prosperity may be uh, getting uh, a raise at church, uh, home, uh, excuse me, at work, a uh, raise at work or uh, a new job offer or or when you apply for that job, getting it, having favor. Uh, that's the definition of prosperity. It's success. It's, it's the state of having success. It's not always finances, even though, yes, I do believe that that is part of it. But the truth is, if we're not careful, we will begin to focus way too much on prosperity. Now, I'm going to use the word prosperity and blessing a little little uh, interchangeably today as I speak to you, and that may not be the best uh, way to do things, but for the purposes of today's message, I felt like that's the direction we need to go in. So how do we unlock the blessings or the quote-unquote prosperity that God has for us. How do we get access to that? Well, first of all, uh, as I said earlier, we have a new covenant with God through the blood of Jesus. We are promised uh, certain things. We have to get into his word to discover his will for us. Now, it's funny, you know, those of you that's been a long, uh, long-time long listener to the show, you know that I'm a youth pastor, and I've talked to the kids a little bit about praying and how we ought to be praying. And of course, we look at the model prayer that Jesus get, has given us uh, that's called the Lord's Prayer. And he prays according to God's will, according to the Father's will. He prays directly to the Father, and he asks that things be done the way it is as in heaven. And so I was asking our kids, what does that mean exactly? Um, we are we are told in the Bible that sometimes we have not because we ask not. Sometimes we don't see God because we don't seek him. The Bible promises if we seek him, we'll find him. So what does that mean exactly? You know, it, it's a joke to say, and of course there were some kids that said, well, if I start praying for, uh, let's say, a, a Lamborghini, I'm going to get a Lamborghini. Well, no, that's not true. That's probably not God's will for your life. More than likely, uh, maybe you're the exception, I don't know, but more than likely that's not being uh, very useful in furthering the kingdom and glorifying God. More than likely that's just a toy, and I'm not going to say that I wouldn't love to have a brand new Lamborghini, but I'm not going to pray for that, okay, because that's not furthering his kingdom and doing things according to his will. Well, what is God's will? To know God's will, we have to get into his word. He exposes his will in his word. He exposes it um, from the very beginning, from his creation, when God breathed the life into the nostrils of man, when he took the rib out of Adam and created Eve, and he said, go forth and multiply. He saw that his creation was good. From the moment that mankind, when Adam and Eve uh, took that uh, fruit from the tree of knowledge and, and they sinned against God, 
from that moment, even though they unleashed a, a punishment upon themselves because they had access and knew everything that God knew. They, they, they knew what sin was. They knew what death was. They knew that they were naked. They knew all these different things. And no longer were they clothed in the glory of God. Uh, when that happened, immediately God uh, began to cut covenant with his people. Covenant is hard to understand in Western Christianity. I'll be honest with you. It's hard to explain. I don't know if I have the right words in my Western thinking, but the closest thing that I know of, and if there's a better example out there, let me know. Uh, Shoot me a message on social media. Let me know your thoughts. But the best example that I know of in our modern-day Western culture is marriage. Uh, And if we're honest, we're typically not very good at that either. We're not very good at marriage. You know, it's it's been said for several years now that uh, at least 50% of marriages in the United States end in divorce. That's a very disturbing and sad thing. We don't fully grasp or understand marriage. But that is probably the closest thing because in covenant, you are exchanging certain things. If you were going to cut covenant with someone, you would exchange uh, your, your blessings, you would exchange inheritances, you would exchange uh, your weapons, uh, which signified that you would fight for one another, you would exchange each other's enemies, Uh, you would exchange all sorts of things. In fact, you would even exchange a portion of your name. And so from the very beginning, when Adam sinned, God began to cut covenant again with mankind. And of course, that led into the law, which was fulfilled through Jesus. Praise God. Um, praise God that we don't have to live in the old covenant anymore. We have a new covenant. Uh, but we must understand that through this covenant, there is two very important key things. There are blessings and good things that we get from this new covenant that we have with God, and there is also responsibility. The very first thing that every Christian, every believer should know that's a good thing that they get from this new covenant is freedom from sin. They get a brand new life. The Bible calls you a new creation. You are reborn in Jesus Christ. That moment your sins are washed away. When you uh, accept that you're a sinner and you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and you repent, which means to turn away from your sins, right then and there, you are a brand new creation. doesn't mean you're perfect. doesn't mean that you're in a perfect world. No, you're still living in a lost, fallen, and dying world, but it means that you're different, and now you've started a process called sanctification, which is basically a big fancy church word, which means uh, you're following after Jesus you're being discipled, you submit to him, and you begin to shed the things of your past and of the world for him and for his glory. So that is one of the good things. That's one of the obvious, very first good things. It's the very core thing of Christianity. That stretches beyond any denomination or belief system. That is a fact that we have to repent and we have to receive the free gift of salvation. So we we understand that that's a good thing, but then starts the process. Now we have covenant in that moment. So other things are promised to us. We are promised promised healing in the name of Jesus. We are promised uh, blessings and prosperity in the name of Jesus, all to further the kingdom and glorify 
God. That's why he does these things. We are promised certain spiritual gifts, which we may get into in a later show. We don't, uh, we're not going to get into that so much today, but there's different spiritual gifts that we have. Some of us are, are called to certain ministerial gifts, ministerial offices, such as the pastor, the evangelist, the prophet, all these different uh, roles that God calls certain people to. Uh, God has certain things that he wants us to do, and every single one of us has a responsibility, and that responsibility is the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciliation is bringing two people or two things back together. So what that means is we have a job, a duty, a responsibility to spread the fame and the gospel of Jesus. How incredible is that? We have had our lives changed, radically new, born again, and we get to tell somebody about it. What an incredible uh, responsibility, but incredible gift to be able to do that. So understand, God has things uh, for you and I uh, according to his will, according to his plans that are in our path. However, many Christians, I'm not talking about lost people, I'm not talking about unbelievers, I'm talking about true blue uh, Christian believers that have a relationship with Jesus, block the blessings God has for them. Now, let's understand another definition. What is sin? According to the original language, sin literally means missing the mark. So picture target. If the sinner is the mark that we're supposed to make, if we are sinning, it means that we simply are not hitting our mark. We're outside of that mark, and we've done something, a physical action. We've we've done something that is against God's will and his plans uh, according to his word. We have to have a standard. Uh, that's why his word is important. That's why we need to know it and study it and learn it to the best of our abilities and get into the original language, uh, get into uh, a concordance. If you don't know what that is, I encourage you to find a Bible school or a Bible teacher or a Sunday school or ask your pastor to help you study the word even more than you may already be, whatever level that means for you. So when we sin, uh, not only are we missing the mark, but it separates us from God. Well, the more and more and more we sin, and if we enter into something called iniquity, which means a reoccurring sin that we no longer uh, feel bad about, we no longer feel the conviction from the Holy Spirit about, we are separating ourselves more and more and more and more and more from God. And let's be honest, if the Holy Spirit is always trying to get my attention, talking about me, and all all I do is ignore him, do things my way, uh, and I start sinning and doing uh, whatever I want to do. Eventually, he's going to let me do things the way I want to do them. It doesn't mean that he leaves me or he just disappears. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying he is going to take his hand off of my life and let me do things my way. Ouch. Because the truth is, if I do things my way, I mess it up every single time. That's how I block my blessings. Here's the thing. I want you to understand something. Uh, just because something may not inherently be a sin, it doesn't mean that it is not a distraction. A distraction can be just as much as a weight, something that is holding us down and blocking our blessings. There are some things that Christians dabble in that may not look very sinful, may not inherently be a sinful thing, but it may be totally, completely against God or against his plans for us. Let me ask you a question. 
because some of you are saying, well, I don't understand how something can not be sinful, but be something that's distracting. What about anxiety? Now, Every single person has experienced some form of anxiety in their life. Maybe it was when you were a small child. Maybe it was just a few moments ago. Now, some people have a condition of anxiety, and it's a, a mental uh, a mental issue. Something uh, needs to be corrected. Something's off. And some of us just occasionally experience that anxiety when uh, we're frightened or we're nervous, or we're worried, or we're concerned, and all these different things. Anxiety is deeper than a concern. A concern is your body's natural way of realizing there's something wrong, and that something needs to be changed, whether it be in the environment uh, that you're experiencing, or the situation that you're dealing with, or what have you. Um, That is a concern. That oftentimes is something from God. God gave us the natural ability to experience that emotion. But when it turns into full-blown anxiety, no longer is it just a concern uh, that we're thinking about? It's something that we're putting all of our focus, time, and attention to, and it creates a lot of problems. In fact, it's very unhealthy for not just your mind, but for your physical body, because certain things start to happen in the body when we're anxious. It's your body's response called the flight or fight response, which is your natural response to either get out of the situation or fight against the situation, and that's natural. But if we live in that, we're not supposed to. We're not supposed to live in that, and that creates some very bad things for our mental self, our spiritual self, and our physical self. Uh, Matthew 6.34 says this, Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. We're not supposed to be concerned with these things. The Bible tells us that we shouldn't worry as if we don't have hope. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Of course, he's talking about some of these blessings and good things that we receive. We are taught to have faith. Uh, faith is uh, is part of the core of who we are. We have to have faith in Jesus to be able to receive salvation. And that is the same for all the other spiritual gifts and blessings that he has for us. Um, I want you to hear this story that you've probably heard before about a lady who was uh, distracted. It's uh, found in Luke 10, verses 38 through 42. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up on him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. You are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken from her. Now, understand something. This does not mean that Martha was bad. It doesn't mean that she was sinning. She was trying to serve God. She was trying to serve Jesus in her home. She was cleaning up. She was uh, probably trying to uh, wash things and maybe even fix him a meal and all these sort of things. She's running around worried about all this stuff in her household, and yet her sister is sitting there listening to Jesus teach. Can you imagine? Even something good that appears like it's serving God sometimes can be a distraction and block 
the blessings that God has for us along our way. So what are we supposed to do about this? How do we unblock our blessings? We have to get the temptation out of the way. We have to find whatever root it is, whether it's a sinful thing or something that's not sinful, but it's distracting us from our relationship with God. Let me be clear. Anything, anything that distracts us from our relationship with God or takes the focus off of him uh, is not in the right uh, priority. It needs to be lowered. It either needs to go away if it's a sinful thing. Sometimes it might not be sinful and it still needs to go away. Or sometimes it might not be something that we can just totally cut out of our lives, such as maybe our workplace. You can't cut work out of your life. The Bible says that we should work for uh, what we are due. However, it maybe is too high up on the priority place. But listen, if you feel the temptation, if you're struggling in this area, maybe you're feeling the Holy Spirit knock on your heart right now and you didn't even realize that you were uh, blocking blessings in your life. Maybe you've been dabbling in certain things. Maybe you've been worried way too much about politics. Maybe you've been worried way too much about this virus. Now listen, these things are concerning. It's okay to be concerned, but when it becomes anxiety, when it becomes a worry. That's something that we ought not do. And we have to fight against it. First Corinthians 10, 13 says this, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. That right there is a promise, a blessing from God in this covenant that we have with him through Jesus that tells us no matter what we're tempted with, whether it be a sinful thing or something that's not inherently sinful, that he will help us and he'll make a way out of it. So tonight or today, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, take some time. Ask the Lord to search your heart and search inside of you. Ask him to dig up some things and to reveal to you whatever it is, if there is anything that needs to be laid down or moved to a lower priority. Get your focus back on him. Remember what it was like when you first tasted the sweet freedom of your salvation. Remember, with our covenant, we have sweet, sweet blessings, but we also have responsibility. Each of us, no matter if we're a pastor, a worship leader, a lay person, or we're someone that's just like you and me, just a person, no matter who we are, we have a ministry of reconciliation. God calls you and me ministers in his church and in his kingdom. I hope this was helpful. I hope that this brought some things to light, and I hope that we have rightly dove into the word. I want you to know that I'm praying for you, and I appreciate your prayers for me. We're in this thing together. Don't give up. It's the new normal. I love you, and I'll see you next time. Hi, everyone. You just listened to the Millennial Preacher Podcast Show. Thanks so much for being a loyal listener. I hope you look for more episodes in the following weeks to come. Please like this and share it on all your social media, and make sure you hit that subscribe button. Until next time, I'll see you later.